they asked me, well, what are you? Are you an architect? Are you a designer? Are you an artist? And I always said, doesn't matter. Don't ask me that question. I'm, f I'm building my path and I'm a, I'm a fusion of all that. I'm a fusion of an artist with an architect. Hello, my name is Luis de Oliveira, founder of De La Spada, and this is a place to talk. We are in the Mervilla neighborhood of Lisbon with Joana Stolfi, who is an artist, architect, and designer. In a lively conversation, Joana delved into her childhood and early professional experience as she sought her unique creative voice. So let's get right to it. Joana, you're laughing your head off. You better get serious here. <laughs> That's it. Um, we're, we're in your studio and there's some lovely background noise because people are working, which is great. It's a sign that yes. the studio has got things to do, right? Um, and it's a real pleasure to be here with you. So off we Likewise. go. Where to start? I, I've, I've been looking at creative people now for maybe 20 years yeah. and I've categorized them into three big groups. There is one group that is very good at doing one thing. They can invent, say, I don't know, pens. And they're really, really good at pens. And they think of pens all the time. Mm -hmm. There's another group that are people that are what I call the big idea people. They're problem solvers. They love to uh, look at, I don't know, a city. And then they work out how things are supposed to work in that city. Mm -hmm. right? And they love yes. that. And they can move to different areas of, of research, if you want to use yeah, that expression. They're more transversal. And then, and then there's people that are just absolutely batty and they just dream up of crazy stuff all the time. And they're, they're actually quite a small group of people. Yeah, true. Um, I'm not implying that one group is better than the others. It's just the way that I see creative people out there. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to put you into that third group. So I've just called you batty. <laughs> Explain that word just a little bit more? Well, you know, it's just not predictable, not yeah. the kind of person that follows the obvious path. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the work of your studio, I see work that goes from installations to experiences to uh, interiors, which yeah. is a pretty conventional yeah. kind of field of design. So where, where does this come from? Where does this, if you, if you have this ability and if your colleagues in the studio can help you with this, where does, what kind of water do you drink? <laughs> um, well, this comes from way back. This comes from me as a child, that my way of being alone, I, was an only, I am an only child, was through creativity. Was I, had my, I created my own fantasy world. And my parents tell me these stories. For example, every house of their friends that we used to go to, they were always having barbecues, playing cards, didn't have, there were not many children around actually, more at school. I used to have my own, for example, drawer in each house of each couple of friends of my parents. And I had my own little objects, my drawing, sketching books, my pencils. So I think from an early age, I started creating my own world, my own fantasy world. I collected things from a very early age. Um, and I liked to, uh, I remember that I liked to give a chance to things that were almost broken already. So kind of, I, I transformed them. I remember doing that with toys, like I didn't play with Barbies or anything like that. I liked toys that already had some kind of a, a little bit of, something was already kind of broken or obsolete in them. So anyway, this is just to say that my way of being alone was through creativity. And then I had my friends at school, blah, blah. Um, 
and then as things went on, and I, I, I understood that art was my was my was my 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 path. And um, what is the connection between someone who uh, invents their own worlds and art? I mean, uh, invents their own world and art. For me, art is 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 exactly that word that that phrase that I just used. It's my way of being alone. Is when I step back from everything it's my salvation it's not it's not something that i do because i have I, I i have to do it it's my it's my it's my vocation i can't live without it i can't live without creating the day i stop creating that's it it's all over so i understood that very early and um and i knew that 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 was the path and I went, and also I grew up in an, an atmosphere of artists and architects, always. My father's an architect, my mother had an art gallery, so I was always surrounded, and I had conversations with older people, 20, 30 years older than me, I was always around them. I went to their studios, I visited their workshops, lots of artists from my mother's gallery, so it was all a kind of a hub that also fed me a lot. I was like a sponge taking it all in. And it made sense, it was not ever imposed on me. My father is a very special person. My father is the main font of inspiration in my life. He's a, an adventurer, a traveler, someone who always colored outside the lines, if you see what I'm saying. And uh, I think that, and he's Brazilian, he's from Rio, he's Carioca. I think that this kind of bossa that I have also of not ever staying on that path, going in that right little direction without looking what could happen there or there or being afraid to make a mistake or this this I got a lot from my from my father which is you know you have to go you have to risk you have to go out there and try things and um, and don't color inside the lines always you know if you go outside see what you can explore and for me that was very important while I was growing up and it it also kind of directed my way and that there, I reached a point where I didn't know whether I wanted to study architecture or fine arts. I was more inclined to fine arts, but I loved going to accompanying everything at my father's atelier, making models with them, with all the crowd, all the group there, um, going on site with him. So I, I had one conversation with my father about that. He never told me be an architect or be this or be that. And he said, if your passion is the same, for both areas, arts and architecture, I give you one advice. Do architecture, guarantee your base. It's a profession that you can live off for the rest of your life. And art will always be with you because that's just part of you. It's always been. So you so, went and did the opposite. No, no, I did architecture. I studied architecture. That's what I studied. No way. Six years. I, uh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. So I'm an architect, All in right. case you don't know. <laughs> No. I don't just play around doing some, putting up some curtains and, and, and rugs on the floor. Actually, I know how to design a building from scratch. Uh, so I studied in the UK, in Cardiff first, in Wales, the Welsh School of Architecture, University of Wales. And then I went on to Munich for a year of internship. And then I went to Bartlett for two years where I finished architecture in London. You know, I have heard this, but it's just that you have the power of making me forget because you just don't fit that no, kind of stereotypical exactly. kind of world. People forget. Yeah, it's true. Okay. I don't. So, yeah, I usually I, I, I say I'm an, I'm an artist. It's true. But that's because I found I 
very soon I understood that when I started studying, studying architecture and thinking in three dimensions, thinking space, which is not easy when you're coming from a two-dimension background where you're painting all day, painting big canvases, making art installations. I mean, it's very different. So you start thinking in three dimensions. And I immediately understood that I wanted to work from the outside inwards. I wanted to work on interiors. I wanted to work on the detailing, on going to, like, with a magnifying glass on things. What's the materiality? What's the texture? What's the color? So um, I understood that, like, in my second year. And, uh, and I wasn't so interested in the construction structures and the engineering part of things in the more, in the more technical part. So uh, I started building my path like that. Uh, it was, uh, my teachers always said to me, Joana, the creativity side is great. We have to work on the technical part. So my father advised once again, his second advice, do your internship in Germany. I have an atelier that I would recommend. It's in Munich and it's a good studio, and that's where you will learn more about just giving you that base of structures, and, and I said, no, I don't want that. I wanna go and work in a mad studio. And he said, Joanna, it's important at this point, so I went, and I said, I'm going, but I'll be back in a week, because it's not gonna work, and I loved it. It was fantastic. They were great. They understood where I was coming from, and they were able because they're from the south of, of Germany, from Baviera, so they've got a bit of Italian in them. These guys are great, they're in Munich. I really enjoyed Munich. And so they were able to get the best out of me, but give me the tools that I needed. So I was there for a year. Give me a practical example. Give me an early Joanna project. You know, I, we designed a school, for example, in, uh, outside, in, in outside uh, the center of Munich, in the outskirts of Munich, a big school. And I was, I was, I was, um, I was thinking, I had a master with me, Heinz. He was an older guy, he was 70 years old. And he was like my master. Every morning I met with Heinz and I was always punctual. I could not not be punctual with Heinz. He would pick me up at my house at 8.20 every morning. Hold on, that was the way to make you punctual, right? Yeah, exactly. Someone had to go and get exactly. you. Exactly, okay, that's glad, it, you see? I'm glad I worked that out. I see, otherwise I wouldn't be there because I would go out partying. I was in a mad phase. I mean, I was 20 years old. So, uh, so he would pick me up, he would take me, and we would, we would always, in the morning, he would, we would go through the, what he called the intestines of the building. So what makes this building stand up? Let's talk about this. Why do I need these pillars here? Why do I, why, why do I need these structural walls here? What is it? Let's go through. So he would always call it the intestine of the building. And then, and then we'd have lunch, and in the afternoon, he would say, okay, Joanna, I want you, to, I want you to, to think of the layout in this classroom. Let's, 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 did you see what I'm saying? So he so gave you some boundaries, right? He gave in me boundaries. In the morning boundaries, he yeah. sent you, this is what you cannot do. Exactly. By, by showing you how it worked. Yeah. And then he let you just, after that, have you f have fun. And exactly. Just, and so did, did you have fun? Did you make a school layout? No, I did. And the, and the we result, had not seen before. Yeah, the, the, the res I didn't see the construction at the end. I left before that, but, but it was a, it, the, the important for me was not the end result. The important was the process. As in most things in, 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 in my life, what I enjoy most, the end, the, the end result is always, the re is always a consequence of the process. The process, the creativity process is for me the most, the most beautiful part of a project, no? Is when, you, when things are going in a way and suddenly they can completely Change. change direction. 
and open up a whole new door and you discover things you never thought that that would happen. You just have to be with years, with experience, and this takes a lot of time, is when you understand whether, yes, that makes sense or no, or that's too many ideas on top of the table. Let's put three in our pocket and let's celebrate these two ideas. And this is the, the kind of guidelines that I give to my team who creates with me. And I invite them always to participate in the creative process of every project, arts and architecture. And when I tell them, yes, guys, this is good. We're going in a good direction, but let's leave these three out now. It's knowing what not to do many I, times. I want to know where this comes from. Is it something that you knew instinctively as a 22-year-old in Munich? Or is it the result of experience and work elsewhere? This, these are some pretty important kind of rules of, yeah. of play. Yeah, they are. But I didn't know them at 22 at all. Now I'm 44. So it's experience. 22 years later. Yeah, it's experience. It's with time. But it's, you had this instinctive love of the process already Yes, done. yes, I had. Yes, and I still do. Um, because also uh, I enjoy working in team, in a team. If I was doing it my own, if I, imagine if I had, I could have gone in a whole different direction having my own studio, just a little studio where I would do my art installations, where I would do my paint my canvases, do my thing. No team, nobody, just maybe one assistant to help me. It's different. That's you're, you're thinking inside your own box. That's it. But no, here I'm always sharing, throwing a ball at you. You throw the, back the ball at me. We open up another idea. I look at it. Maybe this one comes out. So this exchange of ideas is, very, is, the, very, is the richness of that process. And it's experimentation. It's risk. It's also failure. And then going back to it, understanding why we failed there, why it didn't go ahead. What can we get out of that for the next project? You know, I, I'm listening to you and, and I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. And I'll, I'll tell you why. When I think of people who, uh, who invent their own worlds, mm. and, and that's how you started. You started yeah. telling me this is, this is what I was as a young child and it's still here. You're, you're looking at people that are very happy on their own, right? Because they're actually they're creating because they're True. just expressing themselves. That makes them actually quite difficult people when it comes to working with others. Right? Remember, the whole point of it is to express yourself, mm -hmm. to, to feed that inner fire or whatever it is that true. works. I understand what but you're getting all at. All the words that you've just used mm -hmm. in that second part of your kind of explaining how process is really important and how the collaborative you know, discussion that happens between clients and your staff and yourself yeah. is really important. That's the antimatter of this matter that you've just mm -hmm. described it's true it's the way things evolved yeah, a lot of creative people burn everything around them mm -hmm. that's why how I was can able you to, how can I, you I square know, that circle it's, it's really it's actually that's a good I'm, sentence i'm going to give you credit i'm going to say you sound earnest but doesn't that kind of artist bit of you that artist that really should be alone in a studio and should only have the an assistant because they're the only person that can put up with you yeah, and they quit true. every three years anyway. Uh -huh, exactly. Every year, right? probably. Shouldn't uh, that be the Joanna Stolfi instead of this person who's working on projects collaboratively, mm -hmm. um, evaluating the process, taking, reducing ideas. It, this begins to sound like a different world. Oh yeah. Well, this whole, this whole process, this whole uh, mutation happened very naturally and very slowly, okay? We're talking about 20 years of life here, of experience. And 
when I started off, when I came back from Italy, from Fabrica, I had, I went into, a, I rented a little space, 18 square meters in Bajwald. Let me hit um, pause for a second. Yeah. So you, somewhere between Germany and Lisbon, there's a time spent in Italy working yes, for there is. the design office Fabrica, right? Fabrica. And you spent how long out there? Two years. Okay. I was the first Portuguese to go. There were 300 people applying. I just didn't even know they were coming one day. I just walked in there with my portfolio, told them a bit of my story, and boom, it happened. It had to be. Well, thank you for being our ambassador. I'm sure they, <laughs> did they, have they admitted any Portuguese people after? Yeah, of course. They did? Okay, but at good. that time, so there was still no Portuguese. You didn't no destroy Portuguese. our reputation? No, I didn't, no. Okay, good to hear. It's good. All right, so fast forward to the small shop in Lisbon. Fast forward to a small shop in Lisbon. I rented that space. I was already in love with it for a while. And, um, and I, I set up something very hybrid there. It was like a, a shop stroke studio. I put all my objects there that I collected, everything from drawers to doors to, 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 to lamps to, I don't know, everything, objects, strange objects, everything. And I also had a door on top of two... Trestles. Trestles, right? exactly. Uh, and uh, that's where I worked. And the door was always half open. So people would kind of peep with a bit of fear. And if I was in a good mood, I would invite them in. If I wasn't, I would say, no, sorry, I'm working. So it was very hybrid. But that's where I actually started my first clients. It's interesting. And people it was, who stuck their head in yeah, and somehow survived. Exactly, and survived because that day it just was meant to be. And the door, and it had a vitrine to, to, to the, so I had, it was a corner shop with two win, big windows so people could see me working inside. So you, you were working alone at that time? I was There's alone. There's no one there. I had one collaborator that was not in-house. His name okay. is Tohui, Portuguese guy, drank a lot. So if I caught him in a good day, great. If he was, you know, after lunch, it there was, was more difficult. No work to be done. Exactly. So he helped me to build my installations. At that time, I was doing mainly art pieces. And I had a few architecture in the in actually exhibition design projects. That's when I did the exhibition, the big exhibition for 100 years of Kuf. That's when I did a house in Qashqais. That's when I did this, the showroom atelier for the big one of the biggest uh, fashion designers in Portugal called Storytailers. So projects started coming in slowly. Everybody was very curious about who is Joana Stolfi when I came back from Fabrica. Who, who is, is this, this girl? person working what uh, is on top she? of a door? Yeah, exactly. What is, what is she? Everybody in the interviews that I gave at that time because I had a bit of press on What are you? Are you an architect? Are you a designer? And are you answer, an artist? And the answer? And I always said, doesn't matter. Don't ask me that question. I'm, f I'm building my path. And I'm a, I'm a fusion of all that. I'm a fusion of an artist with an architect. And designer, I don't really like that word that much nowadays. I don't ever call myself I've a designer. I've got to ask you why. It's just uh, because I really respect the word design, you know. Design... Uh, I think that the world of design has become very much about fame, being seen, fashion. It's become too, too glitzy for me. So what is a designer supposed to be if they can't be glitzy? They're supposed to be not about sh this whole story about this, this whole... Um, this, it, they're not, I don't see them so much in this fashion, but not fashion as in clothes, yes. you know, fame. Fashion and fame, let's call it that. I, I, design, well, design is, is, what does it mean? Design, designing an object or a space, doesn't matter what it is, could be from a matchbox to, a, to, a, to an airport, to, yes. a, to an airplane. It's about thinking very, it's about thinking, projecting something from the intestines to the outside, 
from the inside to the outside. It's about thinking something through very deeply to every single detail and refining and refining and refining and refining until you have something extremely special in your hands. I've, I've got to ask you about the projecting the inside to the outside. Is that showing the the truth in things or what is the heart of the thing and showing it to the world? Is that what you mean by projecting the yes, intestines yes. out? Yes, going deep into what's the narrative? What story do I want to tell with this? And is it going to be working? I mean, for example, to, to design a chair, I think is the most difficult exercise in the world, for sure. I would never, ever put myself to, I would never challenge myself to design a chair because it's just not... Uh, it's a very complicated exercise because there you have to say what's the story that this chair is going to tell first and then you have a whole story of ergonomics of uh, proportions of stability of structure of the whole th it's a very complicated exercise design is something very serious very very serious so you said i don't like calling myself a designer because what you're having too much fun also <laughs> but no no it's not that i take my work very seriously as you know in a very playful kind of way and I always have a very good time, but, and I sweat like a, like a monkey also. But what I'm saying is, uh, I'm, yeah, you can, if you use the word design in a broad sense, yes, I design. Okay. Do you right. see what I'm saying? Have, but I don't categorize myself as a designer. Because you, you I, think I, you're working in more fields than just yeah, Exactly, I'm more transversal. I'm more transversal. And then there's very, lots of areas in design. There's product, there's graphic, there's web, there's thousands of areas. Whereas me with architecture, and that's the good thing about having studied architecture, is the doors that it opened in my life. Through architecture, I discovered product design. I discovered photography. I discovered graphics. You know, it's, it's a beautiful degree to, to, to study because you just, you, you, you learn about everything. It's incredibly broad. If, very you want, broad. if you want to take it that if way. If you want to take it that way. But at the start, it's very important. It was very important. But I, I want to shepherd you back to my, my um, thought that it's difficult for a person who is an artist in classical sense to enter these collaborative projects that you seem to yeah. be engaged. And that uh, those people usually have personalities that make them very difficult for these projects. And you're saying, sure. I've, I've managed to square this off. I think you're going to say it was a raw experience that taught me how to... To work of, in a team you're yes. talking about. Yeah, it had to... It, I, I, I reached a point where I understood that I couldn't do it alone. There was no way I could do it alone. Uh, and the work was coming in at... It started coming in faster and faster, more and more. The project started going out there here in Portugal. People started in, enjoying, liking it. We started getting, I started getting more work and then I thought, okay, I can't do this by myself. So the people that started to work with me were people that really enjoyed what I was doing and they were prepared. And I always made it very clear. I'm creating my, but I didn't even, it was something, it's always something very umbilical. I never had the ambition and I already told you that I never had the ambition to have a studio with 20 people ever. And still today, when I stop and think about it, I, I get a little, a little small panic attack. So in the sense that, my goodness, this was a little rowing boat and now it's a, you know, a, a big cruising ship, you know. And it, it, it scares me a little bit because I am an artist in the essence and I do have still that my own world that I want and I need to express. It's a necessity, as I told you. So, sorry. I want to, I want to ask you about um, the work that the studio does because I see part of the studio does what I call intangible things and the other side does tangible, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The most obvious tangible work is the uh, interiors, interiors that you guys yeah. create. Yeah. And shameless plug, but a uh, 
example of an intangible experience is the um, dramatic performances that um, you and I have worked on. Yes. So that, that's because they're, yes, of course, something's happening, but people have to experience them. Exactly. In order to, Experiential. To, yeah. to really understand them. Exactly. So tell me how uh, someone like you has strikes some sort of balance between these two areas, mm -hmm. right? Why aren't you just going to turn into uh, a studio that does interiors one after the other? How do you... It's, it's a very difficult... I understand your question you, and you it's very difficult to answer. First? You know, I... I, I you don't care. Whatever comes your way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think two seconds before... Because it's a, it's a complicated... Even I have to find the answer to that inside myself difficult it's difficult to bring out the words so which one is closest to you art the arts is the intangible, the intangible. what i called the intangible, intangible although it the, can have tangible yeah, elements exactly yeah. the art is is as i said to you if i didn't have art if i could not go back to those intangible projects that can be anything today it's a performance tomorrow it's the creative direction for to launch, you know, some kind of a product on the market, or it's an art installation for a big space, yes. or it's a window display in somewhere in New York, whatever. I don't care. I, I like every project is a pr different problem to resolve. So let's go for it. You know, let's 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 attack it. The more the more diverse they are, the more interesting it becomes for me. What I want to do is. What, what I do is concepts. At the end of the day, that's what I like to. I, I like to to respond to different challenges, creative challenges. The more complicated, the better. Spaces is something that I grew up with all my life, uh, looking at spaces, living in beautiful houses, visiting beautiful places with my parents, always traveling with them everywhere around the world. My father always uh, taking me to places that I'll never forget. So it's, it's in my emotional memory. And the more I enter a space, every, I mean, I enter spaces constantly. I also do something which is like a um, uh, consulta, like uh, consulting. Like, come to my house, and one hour I'm there, and tell me what you think, I, what's not going well, what's well, what I should change. I'm there for yes. an hour or two. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. So for me, I, every time I walk into a space, whether you it be... You want to a, do something about exactly, it. Exactly. Whether it be a restaurant that I'm visiting for the first time, a hotel, whatever. Every time I travel, I'm always scanning spaces. And spa resolving spaces and giving them more habitability, more, um, you know, creating more, more experiential spaces. Because the architecture does not stop where you finish the material on the floor, on the walls, and you put the color. There's much more that comes after that. And that's what makes it livable. That's the memory that you take away from it that you take with you after you, you But you just space. built an argument for both sides. I did. That's what okay. I'm saying. One complements the other. The studio, at the, there was times when I thought I'm going to drop the architecture department and I'm just going to stay with the arts. Because, can I ask so, you why? Because I have more fun with the arts because okay. it's more free, because it's more, it doesn't, it, it, architecture has a lot of, you know, it's constraints. It's, it constraints. So yes. Art does too, but architecture is more, it's got more, a more technical side and more, you know, as we were speaking before, there's the more, the technicalities, you know, the going on construction doesn't work. The two things don't, don't they don't align. The pillar has to come down. We have to push the, the floor up or the ceiling down. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a reality so many that things. you keep bumping into. Construction is, is, a, is, a, is like having a baby, is, is, is like labor work, you know, it's, it's madness. So, yes, I did. It's it's a lot of sweat. Um, the question is how to keep the balance. But then more work came in on the, now nowadays. So you're out of balance. So now exactly. So nowadays, actually, the studio was always more known for its arts. 
uh, work. And now I have 65% is, is architecture. But this is a challenge a lot of creative really people strange. want. The work that they want and that they find important, that feeds them, doesn't always come. And the work that, that they like, but which doesn't necessarily feed their soul, comes in, in quantity, right? So mm. like, give me, uh, throw no, me a I, bone of how you can somehow balance those two worlds. Because it, it, would, it would be a shame, right? Not to end up with your feet in both worlds. Yeah, it would be a shame, but it's a lot of work, I tell you. For me to have 20 projects on my head every day, architecture and arts, very different natures, very different problems to solve, very different concepts. It's madness. Uh, it's like, okay, some days I work on seven projects in one day. So I come in, I talk about a hotel we're designing in Lisbon, then I switch over to the window displays of Hermes, then I switch over to a little art installation we're doing. I mean, it's mad. You gotta go back to running that shop with your half door open. <laughs> exactly, you gotta go back that's, there. That's the solution. I thought about that. So listen, this is a very heavy subject. I wanna have a bit of fun and, and, and go to something super lighthearted. We talked about it before we started recording and and I gotta come back to it because I, I, I somehow um, invited you to explain why the purpose of all this that surrounds us, this lovely studio and, and all this work. And you implied that it was to save money in order to um, uh, invest in a cryogenic chamber. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, as for those of us that don't know much about that, is a way of freezing your mortal remains so that they That's can it. somehow be revived in the future, right? Yeah, exactly. And Allow that, endings. That, then I said problem. to you, hey, this must mean that the thought of, of passing away, the thought of not being Joanna, is a, a thought that doesn't yeah. please you, right? Otherwise, you would not invest yeah. in this it's thing. True. It's a big issue in my life. And, and I, I want to try to find a connection between this person who builds imaginary worlds and this ultimate kind of definitive end for a lot of people, right? Where the imaginary worlds have to stop. Yeah. And not just that. And, and you, you, you said to me that this was something, this is a big thought in your mind. Yeah. I, I've got to it's confess big, it's that it's a, not on my mind. I'm, you don't I'm, think I'm, about I'm, that. I'm as mortal as anyone else, but it's not on my mind. It's oh, on my mind a lot. Oh, uh, explain. The, the thing is that I, I cannot conceive the end. Okay, let me, let me you, rephrase that. You can't that. talk your way around it. Is that what you're trying to say? No, no. Is that I cannot inside me the end, imagine the end of all this. The good End time that I'm having working on, I mean, my life, I don't really, I work, but I play yeah. and I have, I take, gives me a lot of work, but I'm playing. I love what I do, you know, and I, I'm, I'm building it still every day and, uh, and to imagine, and not just that, you know, I have a good time. I have my moments where I just pure pleasure, you know, I don't, I'm not a workaholic at all. Um, that confession is now on record. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a workaholic, but I always say that because I, I need to have my moments of pleasure. Okay, because I really value my life and I think that's very important. I need inspiration, inspirational moments that are just about pure pleasure. So anyway, going back to that, to that thing that so you... The thought of not, the thought not, of being, not being here, sitting, touching someone's skin, the thought of not looking into someone's eyes, the thought of not being there building an, 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 inst an art installation or the thought of not hugging Duna, the thought of not, of not you know... Uh, it's so difficult for me to conceive that. I'm Taurus. I'm very much about, I need to touch things, feel the texture, touch, touch, feel, smell, taste. I'm all about this. So I'm discovering still more spiritual layers, but it's a process that I'm going through still. Let me, let me challenge you with things that you already do, right? You, you said to, to me that in, in an interesting 
Manu, you didn't really worry too much about the outcome of your projects. These projects have a beginning, they have a I process, worry, and they have an end. But the, the, the end right? is always a result of the process. But so they, I'm more or less okay when but, it comes to the end because I've accompanied the process. But your projects end, don't they? Yeah, that's always let's a, say that there's exactly so that throughout your to professional life you're the, always saying goodbye I am and uh, you're enjoying uh, in the full the bit between the beginning and the end mm-hmm. and I, I but I and you in, keep in the spaces this. I, revis- I revisit them a lot the ones that I can which are mainly I, I don't do houses practically anymore it's too much work to do a house I mean too much too much uh, therapy with couple therapy I'm not into couple therapy so um I, the spaces I design, I go back a lot. Restaurants, shops. Because so you're nostalgic. You have yeah, to go live Yeah, I like it to again. go back there. I like to see what I was doing. I like to revive, yeah, to relive. Um, window displays, three months and it's over. Yeah, it's difficult. I made a piece once. You probably never saw it. I don't have it here. It's a necklace. I collected the ends of pencils for years. That pencils I drew with, I, when they came to that little size, I used to put them in a so, box. So that our view, uh, listeners, sorry, not viewers, I get it. So you start with a pencil, you sharpen it, and you end up with that little tip. Right? Exactly. Sorry. So yeah. you kept and I made a these. necklace with that, with all these little ends of pencils. What were you trying to say? And then the, I had a little... Uh, uh, medallion? Medallion with engraved on it, allow endings. Okay? Because that's the thing. It's very difficult for me. So I made that piece. It was a manifest uh, celebration to remind yourself to remind myself and to celebrate that difficulty that I have inside me of so allowing you're making, you're endings. making progress this big yes. thought that scares you somehow it scares me I'm going to tell you one thing the thing that really scares me is infinity nobody guaranteeing me that I'll be back in 200 300 years it's the foreverness of when you when when this matter I mean this is just matter when this thing stops beating that's it it's over I don't know. There could be this whole new world going out up there. I could have a huge studio in paradise. I don't know. I ho- I, I, or even, you know, forget the studio. I could, I could be making, you know, juices in a beach in paradise. I don't know. Okay. But the whole thing of infinity, of not knowing if I'll be back, scares me. I can't, I can't conceive it. So, uh, so I'm thinking of, you know. So start in, saving up for the start chamber, Start saving right? up for the freezing thing, for the freezing experience. And bring me back, bring me back 200 years later. You do accept there's no promises there. No, I do, I do. I know it's a test. I mean, I know there's no promise, but you have to give it a shot. You know, like everything in life, if you don't give it a shot, you don't know. Is that the moral of the story of Joanna's life? Give it a shot? Give it a shot is definitely one of my slogans. Let's make better mistakes tomorrow is another slogan I like. Explain that one to me. Let's make better better mistakes. mistakes tomorrow. Mistake is important in the process. As I told you, for me, the story of risking, if you do not risk, if you don't take a step ahead, you don't know what could be there. Ah, Maybe it's not going to work. I don't think this is going to go. It might not work. So let's not even go there. It's, It's dangerous. And I don't do that. I always go there. And sometimes we destroy what we're doing because we went there. But other times it's so good. Those other times when it opens up that door that I told you. So let me go find a, a subject that I know we both enjoy together. And it, it seems that drama has been something that has always caught your attention. And it's always yeah. called mine. Yeah. I, I'm, okay, I, I'm, I, I can talk a lot, but sometimes I find it hard to express things and I need someone's help. What is it about drama that really makes you go back to it as a source of inspiration, as a, as a reference? What? What is Peter. happening there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, it's the first of all the arts. It's the mother of all arts. It's where everything. Says who? Some some Greek, I know, uh, some me, Greek people. Some or? Greek people, and I, I, I believe them, and I agree with them. Um, the mother of all arts. That's a heavy burden. I think theater is the mother of is one of for sure one of the main. I mean, it was it's one of the oldest forms of art. For okay. sure. So let's give it seniority on the let's back give it of seniority. age of time yeah. that it's been of around. Time. Yeah. But, um, but why why is it so appealing? It's, it's appealing not, because it, it combines. First, it, it, there's a tension in it that is beautiful because it's always the first time. Every time you do it, it's almost like the first time because it's always in real time. So there's a big difference. The, the theater has this tension. Drama has this tension that everything can go wrong every single time. So even if I'm You're, doing 20 shows, each one of them is like starting all over of again. Of course it is. The so more th shows you do, the more experience you have, the more mistakes you've done, and the more you can, you it, have more. Explain that to me. That, that is something that the actors, the performers feel, or does it somehow influence the audience as well? Do I know as part no, of the audience? No, you don't. You don't know anything. They're going through it all over again. No, you don't know anything. You just sit there, first shot. You're just watching. You're just totally porous to 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 soak it in. You don't know anything. That's the beauty. You go, you sit, and you absorb. But the the actors, they know exactly if they've done it ten times already. They know that at the eleventh time, they will be much sharper than the first time. Yes, but still, everything is at risk, and that tension, that excitement is is for me is very captivating second it has everything it has the performance um, the the drama it has the scenography it has the lighting it has the costumes i mean there's so much involved it's it's it it works space it works art it works concept i mean it works it works fashion design it works lots of layers that i find it works props objects that i love as you know so um i find it very very interesting and more and more i would like to do scenery design for theater i've done it once or twice but i would it's something that i, I would like to embrace i mean if, if the problem in portugal at least is that there's no budget for theater full stop almost is it is it compelling because it celebrates life in the end actors have to go through motions that somehow connect to our day-to-day -day, right yeah absolutely that it's, it, it's a real celebration it's of, a real celebration of, absolutely and there are always moments and always different for everybody that you relate to no that you see yourself in the yes, actors you project yourself you onto project that yourself stage. it's very sensorial you see you feel that in cinema as well yeah in many you ways. do but it's a different thing it's static it's you know it's flat you say the fact that we have live the people down there on the stage that somehow elevates that that communion between it brings everybody much closer closer together because of that excitement and that tension and that unpredictability and that you know not knowing exactly what's going to happen and if it's going to go in what direction is it going to go because actors change in every single performance in theater every 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 performance is different there's a bit of improvisation there, or they feel, they feel the public a little bit going that direction, so they go with the public, depending on the actor. But this performance that we're doing together, I feel that completely. I mean, it's, 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 it's an exchange also. It's an exchange, and that's why it's so rich. And it's an experiential moment. And that's what people want today. They want experiences. Designing a space is not designing a material that goes with the right color, with the right wall texture, with the right carpet, with the right... No. 
forget all that. Before any of that is, what story am I going to tell in this space? What's the experience? Why is somebody going to leave this space and going to go and tell and call their, their best friend and say, you've got to come and see this. It's incredible. So and the they're going to tell them about the details that they saw there. The oldest of our all arts has lessons for us today, right? Absolutely. It's all about experiences and stories. Listen, on, on what has been a very, very noisy podcast, you've been a real hero. At, noisy? At dealing with all the background noise, so congratulations. And I want to tell you, well, our listeners will be the judges of that. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us. Thank you. It's been you. a fabulous conversation. It's been great. And it's been great working and continuing to work with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining our conversation and help us make new friends by leaving us a review. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Stay well and see you soon. Thank you.